Heart Health 101. I'm Dr. Brian Forrest, and this week on Access Health Radio, we are presenting a special simulcast done on behalf of St. Mark AME Church in Rocky Mountain, North Carolina. We were happy to present this live call-in show at the Mark on the Mount Restream broadcast with Pastor Robert and Christy as part of their Wellness Wednesday this past week. And we'd like to take a moment to acknowledge the companies that support Access Health Radio. Thanks to Marley Drug and Winston-Salem for supporting our show. They mail order generic medications directly to your home with free shipping, often at costs that are much lower than even the big box pharmacies. You can check them out at marleydrug.com. You can also check out their membership program at gomd.care. We'd also like to thank We Care Pharmacy of Apex for sponsoring our tip of the week. You can check them out at wecareofapex.com. The folks there will also be helping us out with some special shows this year on prescription medications. We'd also like to thank Wake Family Eye Care, who sponsor Access Health Radio Trivia, and you can check them out at wakefamilyeyecare.com. Also, Dr. Badwan will be our special guest for some upcoming shows on eye health, so look out for that. If you'd like to hear this broadcast in its entirety, including the great question and answer session, just go to YouTube and search for The Mark on the Mount Wellness Wednesday. Here's Dr. Forrest. What causes cardiovascular disease and what, you know, more importantly, what can we do to prevent it? So, you know, the thing that we really can't get away from is genetics. You know, we all are uh, sons and daughters of parents. And, uh, you know, we have parents that uh, have diabetes and high blood pressure. And, you know, some of that is passed down through generations. And, you know, that part we really can't change. But, you know, with the genetics you have, there is a lot you can do really to prevent progression to cardiovascular and heart disease. So, you know, it's really surprising that 80% of all heart events can be prevented. So when you think about all the heart attacks we have, 80% are preventable. So let's dig into high blood pressure a little bit. You know, people call this high blood, high blood pressure, hypertension. There's lots of different names for it. But the bottom line is it's a silent killer. And they say it's a silent killer because you honestly can't tell if you have high blood pressure or not um, without measuring it. Most people don't have symptoms. It's sort of a common misconception that people can have headaches and things like that uh, that they notice with high blood pressure. But most people with high blood pressure have very little symptoms. Um, And it's more common in North Carolina even than the national average. About one in three males, over 36%, of males in North Carolina have hypertension. And the crazy part is most people don't even know it. You know, even three months of high blood pressure can cause permanent damage. Uh, And in North Carolina, 35% of females have high blood pressure as compared with the United States average of only 29%. So this is really important. What should blood pressure be? And that's changed over the years. You know, if you roll back the clock to the 1960s, Uh, We thought a blood pressure of 180 was acceptable, and we've done a lot of research since then, and the latest studies came out about three years ago. And so now uh, the recommendation is that anything from 120 to 129 for the top number is actually considered to be the start of elevated blood pressure. Uh, And the DASH diet plus weight loss are the most effective things people can do you know, without medication to lower their blood pressure. However, all people aren't necessarily going to be able to keep it down with a healthy lifestyle, even with their best efforts. So we'll talk a little bit more about that in a second. 
The second group of high blood pressure is now called stage one, and it starts at a top number of 130 and 80 for the bottom number. And, you know, once blood pressure has been in this range for a little while, we still want to try those lifestyle interventions. We want to try the DASH diet, which I'll get into in a second. And we want to try to keep our weight down and do what we can to keep blood pressure down. But if your blood pressure stays in the 130s for a year, uh, you really at that point need to be on medication to avoid permanent damage. Um, and this recent study, it was called the SPRINT study, and it actually showed that just the difference between somebody having a blood pressure of 123 for the top number versus 133 could cut the risk of a stroke and heart attack in half. So truly, every single point of blood pressure is important and matters. So I mentioned the DASH diet. That stands for Dietary Approaches to Stop Hypertension. The cool thing about it is instead of a diet of things to not eat, DASH diet is a, a list of things to eat. And eating these foods has actually been shown to lower blood pressure. Uh, the cool thing, too, is that if you eat these foods and you follow the DASH diet, it can actually lower blood pressure as much as a single prescription medication. So let's talk about some of the other things that aren't medication that can improve blood pressure. And I want to show you really how powerful those things can be. So losing weight gives you a lot of bang for the buck. You can lose basically one to two points of blood pressure for every one pound you lose. So if you lose, you know, 10 pounds, that can drop your blood pressure five to 20 points. And that really is, uh, is very significant and impressive. Uh, the DASH diet we just talked about, that can lower blood pressure by 8 to 14 points. 30 minutes of aerobic activity or exercise can lower it about 4 to 9 points. Um, and then this one is always confusing about the sodium. Uh, while lower sodium is better for preventing blood pressure, um, in an individual, it doesn't make a big difference. So if you're somebody who eats a lot of sodium and you go to a lower so sodium diet, less than 2.4 grams a day, uh, it can drop at you know between two and eight points, but obviously you get the biggest biggest results from that weight loss. Um, and then alcoholic drinks, keeping that under two or less per day, that can also affect blood pressure between two and four points. And now it's time for the Access Health Radio Tip of the Week. When measuring blood pressure, there are two numbers. The top number is called a systolic, and the bottom number is called the diastolic. The top number is the pressure in your arteries when the heart beats and squeezes blood into the system. The bottom number is the pressure in your arteries between those heartbeats. To keep things simple, just remember that ideally the higher number should be less than 120. And if it stays over 130, despite diet and exercise changes, then medication is needed. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. In a moment, we'll be back as Dr. Forrest continues Heart Health 101 with a look at diabetes on Access Health Radio. This is a special presentation of Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. This presentation actually took place this past Wednesday evening with the Mark on the Mount Wellness Wednesday at St. Mark AME Church in Rocky Mount. Dr. Forrest, tell us more about heart health and diabetes. The reason we've got to talk about diabetes is that it's really actually important for heart disease. In fact, you know, having diabetes is as significant for heart disease risk as having a previous heart attack. Um, so it's, uh, you know, it's a condition where your body either doesn't make enough insulin 
or whether it's just not responding the way it should to insulin. Um, the type diabetes where your body makes none is called type 1, and that's generally the type of diabetes people get when they're very young. The one we want to focus on is type 2 diabetes, and that's the one that most people get as adults. Um, and it, it is genetic, but if you are, you are still making insulin, so it's just not responding well to the insulin. So you can cut your carbohydrates and your sugar in your diet, and you can sort of prevent getting type 2 diabetes, even if it's in your genetics, even if you have a family history of it. Carbs and sugar are sort of like gasoline on the diabetes fire. So, um, you know, decreasing those, especially the simple sugars uh, and the things that really spike your sugar um, can make a huge difference. And the, the blessing that we have these days is that it's easier than ever to find out those numbers. You know, pretty much every box or package uh, has a label. Um, you can look up anything on your phone, the calories, the carbs, the sugar. Uh, but the total carbs is what to pay attention to. Uh, and remember, all carbohydrates aren't bad, you know, so that take a long time for your body to turn into sugar. They don't create as much of a burden on your pancreas to make insulin. They give you some time to burn that off. You know, taking broccoli as an example, you know, it doesn't have any protein or fat. It's fiber, carbs, and water. But your body breaks that broccoli down so slow uh, that it really allows your body to lower your blood sugar without using a huge amount of insulin. We call that glycemic index. So some foods will raise your blood sugar much faster than others. So, you know, if you eat cotton candy, for example, that's going to raise your blood sugar right away. But if you eat an apple, even though it may have the same amount of carbs as the cotton candy, your body's going to absorb that more slowly. Um, so don't be fooled thinking that all fruits and vegetables are okay, though, because sweet fruits, things like watermelon, grapes, oranges, plums, any fruit that you're like, man, that is really sweet, um, that can also raise your blood sugar pretty quickly. So the most important thing with the diabetes aspect is knowing your hemoglobin A1C, which is a, a number that's easy to get at your doctor. You know, even if you don't have insurance, um, it should cost, you know, under $20. Uh, patients in our practice, we do this testing for them for free. We don't even charge extra for it. Um, so, you know, if it's over 56 then you're really at high risk of developing diabetes. That's what we call pre-diabetes. And so the second thing is, again, you want to have a carbohydrate budget, you know, under 150 grams a day of carbohydrates maximum. And if you're already in that pre-diabetic range, which means your A1C is over 5.7, you might really need to be under 100 grams of total carbs per day. And the third, and this, it's important that you move your body. You know, when we use our muscles, our muscles burn sugar and when the muscles burn sugar, then the pancreas doesn't have to use, use our insulin up to get those sugars down. So, you know, when you exercise, especially if you have kind of a high-carb meal, you know, going for something as simple as a walk can help your body sort of utilize that sugar, and you don't have to put out as much insulin. And then lastly, weight loss to the point where, and this is where we we're going to talk about not weight but size, weight loss where your waist size is less than half your height in inches is good enough to actually prevent diabetes. And they've shown that you only have to lose a pound a month is enough to prevent diabetes. So just to go a little further on that waist size. So if you put a tape measure around your waist and you touch the ends, don't pull it so tight, you know, it's, it's uncomfortable. Um, but if you do that and it's less than half your height in inches, so let's say somebody's five feet tall, that's 60 inches tall. If their waist size is less than 30 inches, then their weight's good enough in terms of diabetes and blood pressure and those type things. 
In terms of exercise, exercise really does make a difference, and it doesn't really matter what you do as long as you uh, can get yourself enough exercise that you get slightly out of breath. Um, so 150 minutes a week of that. Uh, and some studies have shown you can actually live two hours longer for every hour you exercise. Just try to find a time that works for you to get in at least 30 minutes a day, five days a week. So cholesterol, this is another thing that's really important for heart disease and also for stroke. And unfortunately, there are, is a lot of confusion and myths out there about cholesterol. You know, it's a lot of misinformation about it. Um, it is incredibly important, only second to blood pressure and how important it is. And, you know, the biggest reasons that people when they get older get memory loss and dementia like Alzheimer's is cholesterol. It's the number one cause. So, and just recently, we've had some studies that show that if you treat cholesterol with a, a group of medicines called statins, that can significantly reduce the risk of dementia and memory loss and Alzheimer's. So, you know, for the first time, we've got some ways to prevent that. I know lots of my patients say, hey, doc, you know, I'm doing okay on this and that, but what can I do to prevent Alzheimer's and, and losing my memory when I get older and ending up in a nursing home? And I tell them, number one is blood pressure, and number two is fixing that cholesterol. So, um, but statins are much safer and cause less side effects than we previously thought. Uh, so much so that the FDA now says you don't even need to monitor liver function anymore. Um, and some of these, uh, some of the statins now, the newer statins have not had any of the severe muscle problems or anything like that. Um, treatment these days for cholesterol is primarily directed at figuring out what your individual risk is though. So, you know, the same cholesterol is not good for everybody. Although if I had to give you a general rule, I would just ask your doctor one number, and that would be what is your LDL, LDL, the L standing for lousy. So your LDL cholesterol, and if that number is under 100, for most people, that's pretty good um, and good enough. Now, for people who've had heart attacks or people who have diabetes, we try to get that number less than 70. The other thing to know is the, the newer, even the most effective cholesterol medicines that we have these days uh, they're only about $6 for a month's supply. So they're not expensive to, to get. Um, and that's without insurance. So, you know, my, my clinic uh, in Apex, we serve a lot of uninsured patients. That's the way we were intentionally open. And so I'm always trying to find ways to make sure my patients can afford their medicine. But almost every condition we're talking about, all of those can be treated with medicines that are under 5 or $6. So this one might be a surprise for some people. Um, there's been a thing around about taking a baby aspirin for years. It used to actually be in campaigns to prevent heart disease. And, you know, whenever there's a theory in medicine, we always have to test that with research. And after doing three research trials that were completed, uh, I think about three years ago, um, the American Heart Association no longer recommends aspirin to prevent strokes or heart attacks in people who've never had those before. It turns out that the aspirin was actually more dangerous and caused more problems like ringing in the ears and stomach ulcers and bleeding than the number of strokes and heart attacks it prevented. So we do not recommend baby aspirin for patients anymore uh, as a prevention uh, method unless they've already had a heart attack or stroke in the past. There's a couple other times when we will, but just for the general public, uh, we do not recommend a baby aspirin anymore. So that's really important. But always, you should always ask your own physician if you should continue your aspirin or stop it based on those new guidelines. But for most people, it's no longer recommended. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. Straight ahead, Dr. Forrest will recap today's important points on heart health here on Access Health Radio. 
This is Access Health Radio with board-certified family physician, Dr. Brian Forrest. I'm Mike Davis. This presentation was made last Wednesday as part of the Mark on the Mount Wellness Wednesday with St. Mark AME Church in Rocky Mount. Dr. Forrest, can you recap the important points about today's presentation of Heart Health 101? So, Heart Health 101, what are some keys to remember to prevent cardiovascular disease like heart attack and stroke? Uh, Number one, we have to control blood pressure. Every 20 points above 115 for that top number doubles your risk of a heart attack or stroke. Uh, Number two, uh, if you smoke, you have to stop smoking. Uh, Smoking doubles or triples your risk of having a heart attack or stroke. And then this one's no surprise to anybody, but losing weight, but specifically for the purpose of blood pressure. You know, I think it's really encouraging that you can lower your blood pressure one point for every pound you lose. And for every one point, make sure you hear this, for every one point you lower your blood pressure, it decreases your risk of a heart attack or a stroke by 5%. There is nothing more powerful than that in terms of preventing those from happening. Um, We talked about controlling blood sugar. So if you have diabetes, you want to keep that A1C below 7. If you've got prediabetes, you want to eat a really low-carb diet and try to keep from moving on to type 2 diabetes. Um, And then we talked about cholesterol. You know, you want to get that LDL or bad cholesterol below 100, even better under 70, and that can greatly reduce your risk of a heart attack or stroke. Another thing is in the diet, you know, all fat is not bad. Olive oil, for example, is good for you. Uh, You know, the oil that's in things like walnuts, that's fat, but it's healthy fat. So what you really want to avoid is saturated fat and trans fat. But if you're doing that, if you're eating a really healthy diet, you're avoiding saturated fat and trans fat, and your LDL number is not still below 100, um, then the statin medicines have been proven to be safe and effective and decrease the risk for dementia as you get older and decrease the risk for Alzheimer's disease. So Definitely don't be afraid of the cholesterol medicines. Uh, I take one myself uh, every day. I guess I've been doing that for about eight years. So, uh, you know, if you need that, um, why take a risk on, you know, getting memory loss and things as you get older and definitely not taking a risk on heart attacks and strokes. And then last of all, we talked about uh, exercise. You know, exercise is something most people can do and it doesn't take a lot of extreme exercise. You don't have to do 100 push-ups or anything like that. It's really just 150 minutes a week of activity that's enough to get you slightly out of breath. And think about that, that, you know, if you were walking next to somebody, you'd need to be walking just fast enough that it'd make you slightly out of breath and and kind of hard to have a conversation. But it really doesn't take a lot. We have a lot of minutes in a week and 150 is not, not too much to try to do some exercise. Thanks, Dr. Forrest. If you would like to hear this complete presentation of the Mark on the Mount Wellness Wednesday with St. Mark AME Church in Rocky Mount, just go to YouTube and search for the Mark on the Mount Wellness Wednesday. Lots of great questions and answers with Dr. Forrest. Dr. Forrest, that's all the time we have for this week. Our scripture this week comes from Proverbs 4.23. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Thanks for listening to the Access Health Radio Show this week, and we look forward to joining you again next Sunday at 4 p.m. Until then, God bless your health.